You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 299th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is your 2020 Slow Ride Podcast Eversting champion, Tim Hayes in sunny Orlando, Florida. Hey, this is Matt, who always starts these things and seems to lose somehow in beautiful lilac-scented Minneapolis, Minnesota. And this is Spencer in Boston. Little guy, I, I don't know how you've been feeling lately, but... Since last episode, I wanted to get this off my chest. I've just like slunk into a really deep, dark depression. Um, I I have a feeling that you probably have experienced something similar to this. Um, How are you doing, bud? Like, I think we need to talk it out a little bit. Uh, You know, it's been hard um, losing to Florida, man. It's been tough. I got to admit, um, I don't know. You know, it's just hard to find the motivation to go out on the bike. I did. I pushed through. But, um, you know, it's like, do I even strava it? Like, what's the point? You know, yeah. like who, who no, even, I know. why does it matter? I mean, I, I sold every single bike and bike part and tool and everything that I owned on, uh, on Wednesday, uh, last week. And then I bought it all back on Thursday. Like I came back around, but, um, uh, luckily I, yeah, I hadn't shipped it all out yet. Um, but yeah. man, I, I went through I went through some peaks and valleys there. Um, well, I did too when we were doing the Everstein. I went through some peaks <laughs> and valleys. Hey, Sarah, can you get me some water? I'm, my popcorn. This has been great eating the popcorn. It's fantastic. <laughs> I uh, it's hard, Spencer, because now you go out on a ride uh-huh. and you see a hill and you think, "What's the point?" Yeah. Like, do I even go? Do I even need to go up that? You don't need to. That's yeah. that's the beauty of it. Is uh, there's there's no reason to climb any hills anymore. Hey, do you guys just want to keep this going for the whole podcast? Cause I'm loving every moment of it. <laughs> I'm sure you are. I know. Did you guys notice when I went over the, uh, the agenda in the green room, I conveniently left off the fact that I beat you in the Everest challenge. Um, cause I was yeah, going to throw you a curveball. I thought that maybe you guys were going to think I wasn't going to bring it up, but we have a full show tonight, uh, to talk about lo, lo and behold, one of them is talking about our Everest challenge. We're going to talk about a little documentary that aired on ESPN, the international great bike shortage. We have lots to talk about worlds possibly coming back to the United States on the road. Tom Dumoulin really into the ketones and um, yeah, neighborhood repairs. Oh, thanks for the water, Sarah. That was really good. All that popcorn. Listen to Hi, these Sarah. boys uh, talk about uh, losing to me. <laughs> so first I want to say major thanks to my wife who Sarah, <laughs> who three days before I took the victories turned to me as I left the house at 5 a.m. And she said, you better win this thing because of the sacrifices I'm making for you to do this. And at yeah. that point, I knew that I had to do it. Um, it yeah, came right. down to a Wednesday. Uh, Spencer is correct because on Tuesday, I got no less than five text messages from people when Spencer threw down a 4,500 day to get within 9,000 feet of finishing. So I knew that I only had one day to get this done. And I went out 
And I started, no joke, I got up at 4 a.m. to drive out to Claremont, and I finished at 9.15. Now, Spencer, I could have been Mm -hmm. a jerk and not have posted my result. I could have waited till 2 o'clock in the afternoon, letting you think that maybe you had a chance to do it. Um, (laughs) But I did post it right away. And then you just kept waiting. It would have been beautiful. You immediately (laughs) responded back with a sweet picture of your computer 2,800 feet in on the day, and you're like, I'm going home. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> and, yep. and uh yeah. And you didn't answer the phone when I tried calling you to just check in on you. I uh yeah, well, I was on the probably on the other line with the uh with the helpline for support um for my mental breakdown that I was having. Um No, uh Tim, it's a good thing you got up at four and uh, you know, because Sarah would have been mad. Uh I was all in that day. Yeah, I said I- I don't know if I could have done it for sure, but I was going to I, get as close as I possibly could. My plan I, was to end it then. I genuinely want to say thank you to you both for actually getting me out to yeah. ride my bike in a oh, manner yeah. that I haven't ridden in about 10 years. Like the last Same. time I did something this difficult was the 24 hours of Afton when I rode that single speed. And just like that race, I didn't get a trophy for winning. Um, <laughs> except a little rock that little guy maybe will, will write on. I will say mm-hmm. that, um, it was a ton of fun. Um, I'm happy to never have to ride on Sullivan road again. Uh, when I was out there on that final day, the neighbors were definitely starting to figure out like, is this guy casing the joint, you know, but <laughs> it was fun. And then we start to see everybody else doing this Everesting challenge. And I'm pretty sure I checked. Um, I think I've got the Florida world record forever sting in florida yeah you might because <laughs> no one else is idiotic enough to do it in such That's a right. short time um but overall it was a lot of fun now spencer when uh-huh. i did finally catch you on the phone you did say you were saving something for the pod what was it uh what was it oh yeah um man i was so so i um the day before you had gone out and done an am session and got in like you know 1500 feet or something. And then you did a PM session after work. And I was like, he's probably going to do something similar today. And, uh, and when I checked in the morning, you hadn't done the AM session. Little, little did I know you were in the middle of a much larger session, but I was like, ah, he must be too busy at work. He's not that obnoxiously irresponsible that he would just shirk all responsibility (laughs) like children, wife, job, everything for something he will get nothing out of. He's not that crazy. I currently have no job. I have (laughs) no children and I have no responsibilities. So I can go out and do this and it's fine. Um, so I put on, I just, you know, I wanted to send you that picture that I ended up receiving from you of the, uh, of the, you know, here I am in all my glory defeating you. Yeah. So I was like, what kit do I wear Ooh. for this accomplishment? And of course, I had to wear the Swift Cycle Kit, the bike shop ah. that you owned, so nice. I could defeat you while wearing your own colors. That's and, a good uh, idea. I do appreciate that. I I just wanted to rub it in just a little bit extra. And then instead it all blew up in my face and I had to ride home in that kit being like, <laughs> it would have been a completely this. on brand off brand <laughs> move for you. Mm-hmm. I, I like that because it, it hits yeah. at, at two levels. Yeah. Um, but I, to, to, 
Yeah, it was definitely. Well, I, I enjoyed sending you that photo. Uh, my friends did were texting me. So with this new Garmin computer, I was telling you boys about. Now I get the text messages on the screen, and there was a lot of uh, text messages from people like, "You can do this, Tim," and then other people were like, "Spencer's out riding right now." And then someone would t- <laughs> chime in on the group text and be like. No, we're not. No, he's not. He's definitely sleeping, and there's no way he's riding right now. And you're crazy for doing this. Yeah, you both are crazy. I don't know. You guys do know <laughs> that if neither of you did done it that day, I was going to start riding that evening and just try to ride, <laughs> try to ride all night because I I was watching little little Tom Boot in that morning when Tim well, finished it, and I was a little bummed that I didn't get to go out that afternoon and at least take another stab, even though I was so far behind. It's but. I was also relieved because in my mind, I knew I had to do it in one go because Spencer was super close. And if either of you didn't tick it off that day and left it for the next morning, I knew I had to just ride all night. Yeah. I, I remember being, <laughs> and that sounded terrible, <laughs> very angry when I got home from the cemetery. So I was doing my laps at the cemetery, which is 14 feet of elevation per oh 0.33 miles Lord. of a circle. I did like a, I did 98 laps in the morning and I think I did like 48 in the evening. Weirdo. Well, I that had to, rough. I get home <sighs> and I saw Spencer was within 9,000 feet. You know, I think we're the real winners here, uh, little guy. <laughs> I think you guys are the winners. I will say little guy's the real winner because he came up with this horrible idea and he's the one laughing at the bank because he got us riding bikes. But I do, Spencer, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. it is proof that the tandem could have been on the podium. I mean, <laughs> Spencer, we could do this. Yeah, it, I mean, I think this shows that it would have taken me 75 miles to ride myself into shape in Kansas. Uh, and then the rest of the time, uh, we'd have been in fly, I, fine I form, mean, just flying along. Spencer, we timed this right because Kansas would have been three days ago mm-hmm. it, if it wasn't for the the pandemic. And we would have been on the podium after this last minute effort of Eversting before Kansas. This is, I think we do it right where we get the, the total elevation count at Kansas. And have us Everest at Kansas next year. Uh, yeah, that's a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, it's a bad idea. But um, I think I mentioned it last week, and and you kind of alluded to it as well, Tim. Little guy, this is a great idea. Uh, I I would highly suggest any of our listeners who are out there like looking for things to do, no bike racing going on, whatever. Challenge your dumb idiot friends to some sort of challenge. It doesn't even have to be an Everesting one, but something, you know, who can get to a hundred miles first, who can whatever, because the competition gene just kind (laughs) of kicks in. And I have not wanted anything in, in years as much as I wanted to just beat you both. Mm -hmm. And I haven't even been riding my bike. You know, like, but I was like, I'm going to do that. Of course I'm going to do this. So to wrap this conversation up uh, for listeners sticking with us. Thank you for that. Um, So little guy, I'm going to, this is my last comment and then uh, you can capstone it. But um, how much extra time do you need little guy to uh, get your Everest? Cause I, I, you know, yeah, you thought I needed a bunch of extra time. (laughs) It turns out I'm the one that has to, Dole out the uh, well, the, my only regret for this whole thing is that I didn't write a provision that cargo bike miles or cargo bike feet counted double because I did way <laughs> too many of them on the cargo bike <laughs> with the child. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I'm at. I did a couple rides this week. I even didn't Strava some of my rides, so I'm closer than you think. Oh, cool. Well, it was a ton of fun, little guy. What, what are you thinking? Right. You want to capstone this? 
Well, I was going to tell you the way I was going to beat you, but obviously I was really far from this. But I was going to save my last couple feet for that hill up to your parents' house that you used to like to sprint up. And my goal, my goal was to do it, uh, get Caitlin to video it. And at the bottom, I would take off my helmet, hand it to her in the team car, let the locks (laughs) flow, classic style, and sprint up the hill for the win. But obviously. That would have hey, been obviously it didn't happen. It didn't come to pass. I'll tell you guys right now, when I was at the cemetery doing some hot laps, I yep. took off the helmet and it felt amazing. Mm-hmm. No cars on the road. How appropriate I'm in a cemetery riding helmetless. And uh yeah, <laughs> oh overall it was fantastic and it felt so good to have the wear the air going through my my beautiful locks. Um but yeah, I'm with you, little guy. You know it's good. I can I just? I know we've been talking about the uh, uh, far, the Eversting far too long. But I just want to say this played out exactly how our racing like careers or strategies had had uh, played out when we were all racing together back in the day. Because Tim went way off the front early, and little guy was like hanging out at the back, like tail gun in the crit, like waiting for his opportunity. I could see him there he wasn't off the back but he was on the back just just waiting for the right opportunity to make to dagger in the heart you know (laughs) and like i was trying to strategize and like move around and like not not make myself too obvious but like be putting in you know putting in digs all the time the only difference from how we all raced (laughs) exactly like mentality of racing was that uh tim didn't have to fake a flat and then drift back through the pack and go back Mm -hmm. to the car he actually pulled it off. Well, I, I feel that ten thousand foot day I did was that, for, for winning the pump premium. That was a that was a big <laughs> that was a big attack. If this whole race was broken down and, and right. simulated as a crit, that would have been an insane attack because we had all put in little like lead lead little bit, yep. and then Timmy that ten thousand that's that's the thing he would it. do, and then he would blow up afterwards, and you'd never that's, see him again. That's what I thought. That's what I thought too. I was like, well, I just put in 5,000 the next day and I'll break his spirit. He'll be done. <laughs> but no. I, I, I hesitate to say maturity, but uh, <laughs> something has changed in Tim and he can, uh, uh, well, he is now a danger for the, uh, for the long haul. Oh, uh, well, thanks boys. Well, let's get into the more important stuff on why people actually listen to this podcast. Of course, I'm talking about our review of the Lance documentary on ESPN. Spencer, I am sure yeah. you had that DVR'd and you were watching live and on review. You know, I have, uh, I've been spending a lot of time on ESPN lately. I will admit it. I, uh, got through all 10 hours of the last dance. Uh, great, fantastic. And, uh, I'm really waiting for another, uh, documentary that's going to grip me the same way. So of course I did not watch the Lance Armstrong <laughs> documentary, uh, because I just don't care. And little guy, I'm assuming you watched it. Oh, it was riveting. It was riveting. Uh, I guess you're talking about Bob's Burgers, right? I'm watching right, a lot so of Bob's maybe Burgers. Maybe I'm the only one that watched it. <laughs> uh, as I figured I probably would be, because I felt that our podcast needed to be grounded in some kind of reality. I will say this, is that I enjoyed it, Asterix. Like, I definitely didn't enjoy the fact that Lance gets his his own version of The Last Dance. However... The Rogues Gallery of Dopers in this, they got George Josk. They have Michael Rasmussen. They have all of the heroes that we've come to know. David Zabriskie, Vandeville, you know, all of like the who's who of Team Motorola. 
The only person I haven't seen yet is Dr. Ferrari. I haven't seen the enabler, Kristen Armstrong. And I haven't seen um, Cheryl Crow. Or I don't know if it's Mary Kate or Ashley Olsen. I I get mixed up on which one um, Lance dated. But overall, it's kind of like watching this show was the reality that the three of us lived for so many years knowing that he doped. So you knew all the different people he was going to talk about. And then they right. have them on the show. It's way better than any other documentary I've seen. There is a lot of questions, but the best part is watching the documentary and then reading. Um, is it Juliet uh, Masir, the Macer, the the columnist from the New York Times that wrote the rise and fall of Lance Armstrong? Mm-hmm. Reading her real time tweets about the documentary <laughs> was really cool. About like, oh, this story about him not wanting to have anything to do with his dad is false because his grandmother actually was involved in the, you know, like kind of giving context was pretty cool on all of it. Um, I enjoyed it. I'm going to watch round two. Uh, I think that sometimes that there is, you know, it is his truth right there, but I think it's a Uh, well done documentary. I hope nothing bad happens to him in, uh, in episode two. I just feel like I lost. All I know is they haven't interviewed Floyd Landis yet, but there's a little bit of Dave Zabriskie in the beginning, and you know they they have to have Floyd, right? I would assume so. He's been, yeah. So it just ended with him. The first episode ends with him winning in 99. So it deals with the the cancer. It deals with his like run to cofidus. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's just like the last dance, Spencer. He comes across as a major jerk. Like there's no like, you can see he's a type A jerk. And there's, there's no reason See, to really like him. I keep seeing that uh, that r- sort of review thrown around, um, and and you know I haven't watched it, but I feel pretty familiar with Lance and, and his jerkiness. <laughs> um, I I guess I didn't get as much of that out of Michael Jordan in the Last Dance as uh, to even compare. Like I don't think they're in even the same universe. Like. A guy coming in and trash talking his teammates to get them to perform to his level is one thing. Like <laughs> what Lance does to people is something totally different. Yeah, you know? oh, and they have like everybody on there. Like his first coach, they have Emma. Uh, is it Emma Riley, the uh, the Swanier? I mean, yeah. I hear you, Spencer. It's good, but I do want to make a point out. The one note I wrote because, like, you know, I was out there. I had my I had my um, moleskin out. I like, like writing down like, Ooh, can't wait to talk about this on the pod. Cause I know I'm going to be the only one that watches this. And, uh, <laughs> the only thing I wrote was Liggett wrong, even in 1999. <laughs> 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 and there's this scene where it's about at the end of the 99 tour, I guess there's a time trial with like two days left and uh-huh. there's really no reason for him to win. Cause he's already in the yellow Jersey, but he's going up against Alex Zula and Alex Zula. Like, so on the finishing line, it's like, you're watching the the classic shot from the camera behind the finish line and you hear Liggett's voice and he's like, Oh, this is going to be close. Armstrong coming right up to Alex and he wins. And you're like, wait a second. Like if you look at the timing, like Liggett's saying it's going to be close. So you're assuming there's another 20 seconds to finish the stage when Lance finishes immediately after he says it's going to be close. So he wins the stage by like 18 seconds. And you're just like, man, even in 1999, this guy was the worst announcer of all time. Like, well, like we give Uncle Phil crap, and he's he was bad in 1999. 
He was, but he was good in the earlier nineties. Like, I yeah. don't know exactly where, I don't <laughs> okay. know if anyone is like, no, I mean, no, I'm just I was saying there was a, a good point where he, too. at some point you no, but there, there was a point where he was good and I don't know. I want, I would like somebody to be able to chart it out, you know, in a graph but, and we can see where there's <laughs> the moment he peaks and where the, the moment the next day it just goes totally it's, crazy. But it's like, okay, so let's, I'm with you little guy. I'm sure he was better before when you're watching him on VHS tapes, but it's crazy to think that in 1999, <laughs> Like he's he's giving this performance, right? Nineteen ninety nine. Twenty one years later, he's still the voice of the race on NBC Sports. And here's what they need yeah. to do with him. Bring him to the race. He is a legend. I don't want to take anything away from how he shaped my fandom as a cyclist, and he deserves a lot of credit for that. Because I was enthralled with his accent. I was enthralled with him with Paul Sherwin. I'm not saying put him out to pasture. Like that, that's like he does deserve a little bit of credit for what he's done and how he's captivated a country of cycling fans. However, don't let him commentate on the race. Have him do like the like, <laughs> oh, we're doing a castle tour ride or behind the scenes interviews because he's horrible. And put Matthew Keenan on there with Robbie mm-hmm. McEwen and you'd have a gangbusters great presentation that everyone would love. And you could still have Phil Liggett being the, you know, the sage on the side. And he gets the the credit that he deserves, and then he can go away, because he is bad to make the call. And NBC Sports is ruining what they have here by keeping him around. Because just like Cycle Sport Magazine and putting Lance Armstrong on the cover of it every single month, as soon as they're gone, you're not going to have a a reserve bench ready to step up to take over. I hundred percent agree. Yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, what's. Incredible is in 1999, uh, 20 years later, he's still commentating. He was commentating 20 years before that <laughs> as well, which is it's just an incredible legacy. Like Phil Liggett, man, he's the, he's the man, but he, he, he just he, he, his yeah. eyes aren't what they once were. No, and I think that we've done a good enough job no. of, you know, giving him his, his credit, mm-hmm. but. I'm not one to toot my own horn, but toot toot, time to put Matthew Keenan in the the booth. Um, that leads us to the next thing, guys. Um, and little guy, you were the one to report on this on the uh, the Slow Ride Podcast Secret Twitter account, and that is that Axel Merckx is leading the quest for World Road Championships to come back to the United States. Yeah, he's trying to get it to Portland. Which I I assumed he was going to go Canada since he's a he's a Canadian now, but Portland I guess Portland Oregon. It'd be way cooler if it was in Portland Maine. I'm just saying. Convenience wise for us to just make Spencer drive us there, yes. So Portland Oregon, um, I have I've never been there. Um, I know we have friends of the podcast that that live out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess you still uh, you still building up those hipster credits. Yeah, I guess yet? like right. Like, I mean, I was there before it was cool. As long as the finish line is in front of Powell's bookstore, I mean, I I guess I just don't. Are you guys excited about Portland? Because I got to say, if you're gonna bring Portland, worlds back, be good. Bring it to Richmond. Yeah. I loved Richmond. Richmond oh, just grimy on. enough. We already did Richmond. Been I, there, done that. Yeah, been there, done that. And, done that. and no, now no. that I've done Port- it on Swift, I know every single thing about that course. I could talk about my power output going up Libby Hill. <laughs> you know, you know what I? Yeah, the thing about Portland that's already like having not seen the course having not read anything really about it the thing that's already going to be better 
about Portland than Richmond is, do you guys remember we did a live show at Richmond and we had to walk around for a couple hours before that show trying to find a restaurant to get some food? Yep. Yeah. Not a lot of options there in <laughs> Richmond. No. Oh. It was a little tough at that point. Portland's going to be way easier, especially for my vegan options. But here's the thing. We had Frank Cundiff who had a apartment that was a block off Libby Hill. That was pretty cool. No, um, that was great. I'm not throwing anything against Richmond. I think Richmond was yeah. great. Portland will also be great. But what I would like to see is is each of us in the next week or so, I think we should go out and and do do the route we would throw in our city. <laughs> well, the World Championships at the Orlando International Airport is well, fantastic. <laughs> you could you could throw a you could throw a sprinter's race. That's all I'm mm-hmm. saying. Like Spencer could throw a hell of a climber's race. I could throw more of a classics race probably. If you think about the worlds, it's long, but it's usually just like a 15, 20 mile lap max, right? Like yeah, I will tell you, you right. You don't now. even have to go out you don't even have to go out and do a long ride and you could like Strava your like ideal ride for your city. And then we just send that to Axel Merckx and we can see if maybe he'll change his mind about Portland and maybe he'll bring it I'm bringing, to one of our cities. I'm bringing it right down to iDrive. It's going to be amazing to shut down traffic, go into Universal Studios, go around Harry Potter land. See? Fantastic. See? And then you're going to finish right in front of the Incredible Hulk roller coaster, which is going to be where Peter Sagan wins. Huh? Uh-huh. Yeah. This thing's got some. Legs. I'm pretty it's, sure the, the parking 90s, is amazing. They did, some, they did some Euro Disney. Uh, oh, they did like time trial s- stages and stuff. They certainly did Futurama, um, yep. yep, or whatever the heck that place is called. So, like, it's 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 happened in con in some context <laughs> of cycling. So, I think it's F- it's totally possible. So, what what kind of course are you a fan of, little guy? Ever Worlds? Do you like a really hilly course? Do you want one for the climbers, switchbacks? Like, what are you thinking? I my idea would be a little harder than Richmond, um, but maybe broken up in such a way that it just you know obviously you give more guys a chance where where more people think they can win it where you've got Sagan thinking he can win it but at the same point Nabali's like maybe I could win it. The only thing that I think Richmond was cool because it had the the two short steep climbs and then the nice long drag to the finish. What it was missing was a hairy bone raising descent. And that's uh, what you I, I want to see the, some of that. Yeah. Have you watched the finish lately? Because uh-huh. Sagan, I know, Sagan was but, laying on his top tube and he out descended the entire peloton. Yes, to get away. But he, well, it was incredible. It, it, yeah, it was true. maybe the best right. descent I've ever seen in my life. Oh no, no. But we've we've been on that road. It was just a long straight descent. Like I want no, like Poggio esque. Right, no. We're gonna we're gonna pause the podcast now. We're yeah. gonna go watch the last five k of the Richmond race. We're gonna watch from when Tyler gets caught at the bottom of the climb. Tyler who and Farrar. Oh, and then kidding. I just do you remember to... Tyler was off the. Lap, I just want to hear that name on the last lap. It's great. Oh, so good. I don't know. I I like a mixed course. I I obviously want uh, classic guys, Grand Tour guys, and one or two weird, super strong domestiques that never get their chance. I want a world championship to be in the mix. Okay. I'm going to design my course 100% around Michael Matthews winning the world championship bands for the second time. Uh, I, yeah. I thought I thought you were about to say you were going to design your course to be 100 laps around the graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> you did your well, wait, how many to... You did 100 laps and how, how we we know it was like 1000 feet. How many miles was it in 100 laps? It's like 33 miles, I think. Okay, so to be a world's course they'd have to do 1000 laps. <laughs> <laughs> The bright side, I like fit, it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Can they fit 200 guys on that course, Tim? No, no. 
It'd be oh. like a snake eating its own tail. Oh, well, guys, it would be fantastic. I Portland, I'll be there. But uh, I think we can do better than Portland. Bring it to Minneapolis. It's the superior. Bring it to Minneapolis. <laughs> well, go go out. Show me what you got, Tim. I'm going to do one this week. I'm going to go Strava one. Well, I'm going to Minneapolis, St. Paul. I'm going to do a Twin Cities one. Well, guys, I'm going to check in with the man I'm going to design a world championship winning course with. Of course, I'm talking about Michael Matthews. And let's get to Michael right now in Monaco. What up? This is Tom Skoyinch, and you're listening to this low ride. So, once again, we'd like to thank the supporters and listeners of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head over to the brand new website, WideAnglePodium.com, to find out more about our family of shows, wide-ranging all the way from the Consummate Athlete to Bike Shop CX, throw in a little gravel lot, and our good friends at Cyclocross Radio. And you may even Mm -hmm. want to check out No training reels with Rob Kelly. <laughs> that was a dramatic pause. I wanted people to really embrace it because that podcast, what Rob is doing, is bringing the production level of wide-angle podium to NPR-esque levels. It is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Check it out. It's I think he's cycling Zyra Glass. I love everything about Rob Kelly's podcast. You want to check that out. And then also, guys, for seven weeks, I have been on Crosshairs Radio's The Rough Draft on YouTube mm-hmm. and it has been mm-hmm. a lot of fun and I encourage everyone to go over to CX Hairs on YouTube and check out the rough draft for basically 5 or 6 minute recap of Twitter so you don't have to look at Twitter and it's been a lot of fun um with the uh, friends of the pod Michael and Zach along with Bill Shiken it's been fantastic I, I feel like you're underselling it a bit there. Um, but I do have one question about the rough draft um, from episode six to episode seven. What happened to the jacket, Tim? Should I bring the jacket back? You absolutely need to bring the jacket back. Yep. So that should become my gimmick. I went with the hat. I went with the old man hat. Um, so it's what I'm hearing you say is ditch the hat and keep the ditch, jacket. Ditch the hat. I'm team jacket. Okay. Yeah. All the way. So check it out over on youtube.com slash CX hairs to find the rough draft. It's been a lot of fun. Wizards of editing make it look enjoyable. We'd also like to thank good friends of the podcast works tools for their continued support of the wine angle podium network. Head to yourcleanbike.com and enter the promo code gear up to save 15% on the wide selection of works tools highlighted by the HydroShot power cleaner. It is the ultimate bike power cleaner that you're going to find. You hook it up to a hose, you hook it up to a two liter bottle full of water. The electric battery charge is just going to give you the right amount of PSI to clean off your bike. So it is the shiniest in the neighborhood without blowing out your bottom bracket. Indeed. Yeah. You can save a ton on the HydroShot. They got the 20 volt and the 40 volt versions of that. You can also save on the, uh, Pegasus multi-table and the sidekick table and all kinds of other stuff over there. So go ahead and check it out, uh, yourcleanbike.com and use the code gear up if, uh, if you want to save 15% on, uh, on those items. All right, let's get back to the show.
Hampton, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Hey guys, we are back, and I gotta say, a little disappointed in the lack of emails from individuals congratulating me on winning the Slow Ride Podcast <laughs> Everest Challenge. So I feel like I shouldn't read any emails to the slowridepodcast at gmail.com, but being the, the benevolent champion that I am, I will read them all. Josh Kohler hits us up with a sweet tweet from Sean Yates saying, I turned 60 today and I'm working it. Gentlemen, did you see this photo of Sean Yates? Yes. Was it, it scary looked- for you as it was for me? Yes. <laughs> it looks like he's on the Bradley Wiggins first Grand Tour winning form like training oh, plan or something. Or If I he- look like that when I'm 60, I would be a very happy Masters national champion. Yeah, he's going to be Masters National Champion for sure in some sort of secret 30-mile time trial in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was an impressive, so good luck. And for those not uh, playing along at home, Spencer, who is Sean yeah. Yates? Sean Yates, uh, I think he rode bikes for a while back in the day. Um, no, that was Sean Kelly. I don't know who Sean Yates is. <laughs> yeah, Adam yeah. Yates' dad? Yeah. Simon Yates' dad? He might have been friends with Lance. I don't know. You might be able to find photos of them together. Maybe. 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 Somebody's going to have to get on Wikipedia and figure that out, who this Sean Yates guy is. Well, he is not Sean Kelly, and his nickname is The Animal. That's all I want to say. He's not the cannibal. He's the animal. Um, but yeah. So anyways. He's, he's the cannibal without the can. <laughs> So we got a couple more emails. Um, these all go into the little guy bucket. Um, the first one, hello, Slow Ride Potters. Rodrigo here and just listened to episode 298 and heard little guys mention about turning left being easier. There's a great old school book out there, Eddie B's Bicycle Road Racing. And Eddie discusses the dominant left based on the location of one's heart. Yeah, the book may okay. be a little dated back in the 90s. This was the Bible. The now old school approach is great to read now that we're into the wattage era. So we have all heard of Eddie B. Little guy, are you uh-huh. a fan of the dominant left being just because your heart is on the left side? I That's all I know is from what you've told me. So sure, 100% believe it. Well, Eddie B., famous for doping all of the future and past American cyclists back in the 90s. But I do think that was pretty funny. But then James McCartney hits us up. G'day, lads. He's from Australia. Can you tell? As a rider who grew up in Oz but now lives in the USA and only occasionally pulls to the wrong side of the road anymore, I have recently had this same question while descending as I definitely have a preference to go left. I figured it was due to an always unclipping the left side first growing up Hmm. all away from traffic and leaning that way more often. Hope this helps with your mission to answer the hard hitting question (laughs) questions in cycling. (laughs) P.S. I vote that you add a lap of Lake Tahoe onto your cycling bucket list. It's only 72 miles of elevation and you ride clockwise around the lake so you can all practice your right turns. Keep up the good work. (laughs) James. That's a good idea. Yeah, that sounds great. I'll do that. Even if we have to go clockwise. Well, I, I yeah. am a fan of this idea of unclipping away from traffic for the Australian. But again, I I can only unclip on the 
drive side of the bike on the right side. And I don't know why that is. I, so I was thinking about this this week cause I, my natural thing is to unclip my left foot into traffic, I guess. So I don't know. Huh? Well, thanks James. Right. And then finally, man, guys, we are getting so many listeners from around the world. This one comes to us from Sweden. Hey guys. So about being a better turning left than right. Just like Matt, I prefer left <laughs> turns. When a right turn appears to on steep downhill switchbacks on the trails, I always ask myself, is it worth it? Or should I pick up the bike and hike back yes. up instead? We 100%. drive on the right side over here in Sweden, although that hasn't always been the case. Well, oh, but I don't... I know. We drive on the right side over here in Sweden as well, but I don't see that being the reason to it. Rather, I think it's a question of most of us having a dominating side of the body. I can't explain why that affects our ability to turn our bikes, though... It's just that doing things to the left goes beyond bike riding. Here are some examples. <laughs> Sliding under a closing garage door, always with the left <laughs> side facing the floor. That is 100% true because I'm yeah. always running out to get underneath the garage door, but picking up my feet so I don't hit the sensor. Um, uh -huh. So yes, that's true. Always to the left. Falling yep. down and playing dead to the left. Yep. I'm trying to think last time I played dead. Um, but... I have to play so much hide and seek over here. Yeah. So you turn to the left side if you're hiding on the when couch I'm, under a blanket. When I have to like quickly hide on the ground because he's coming in the room. Yeah. Attempting my first ever pirouette pirouettes on skates, the left. Mm -hmm. Making a show off save as a soccer goalie to the left. Now, as a former goalie in soccer, I can say that I preferred to dive to the left on penalty kicks, so that by the end of the season, my mm. teammates in penalty kick practice just knew to always shoot to my right. Because I would always just go to the left, like, yeah, whatever. Regards, yeah. Anders in yeah. Sweden. So, Man. wow. There you go, boys. I think we... <laughs> Those are great examples. Those are great examples. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad we're so, cracking this one open. I think... If, if I were to... More if I were to we <laughs> If I were to slide across the hood of a Camaro, I would probably do it on my left hip. <laughs> well, know? yeah, because you'd be... The only reason to slide across the hood would be if you were jumping... To get to the no, driver's no, seat, unless no. you were like with somebody and they were like, dude, you want to ride my Camaro? And you were like, totally. And you slid across their hood and jumped in the passenger side. Well, yes, but there's always, you know, glass half empty version. Somebody is chasing you. The bad guy, obviously going to have a Camaro. Mm -hmm. He cuts you off. You need to slide across to get yeah. uh, to the fire escape to get away. I'm just no, thinking that every time I get out of my Pontiac T-Bird to take off uh -huh. the T-top, I always take off the left side first. Mm -hmm. That one makes sense, though. <laughs> that one little guy's theory works with being on the driver's side. <laughs> oh, good times. I So if you have other theories on why we prefer going to the left, head over to the slowridepodcast at gmail.com. Send us an email. Uh, now, love please. To oh, listen. I, I, not I love to these. beat this to death, yeah. But I am, I'm left-handed. Like, I write with my left hand. And I don't, that, I don't think that affects anything. Like I, I don't turn easier to the right then, you know, like it's not opposite of what everyone else does. So hmm. that theory is out the window in case you guys were thinking about that. I was wondering that I hadn't surveyed any left-handers. See, I'm right-handed, but you know, I play guitar left-handed. So ah, I have just like, a little bit of left-handed. Just like of nature. So just like Jimmy. Guys, we are... So close to our 300th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. It has been six wonderful years. We have some 
great surprises in store for next week's show. It's been five and a half wonderful years. But if a you, couple of duds. <laughs> if you've been listening to the uh, Slow Ride podcast for any amount of time, feel free to hit us up on email or find us on Twitter or Instagram at the Slow Ride Pod. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know how horrible we have made your cycling career. Or maybe we've made it enjoyable when you've been out on group rides and we've given you content to talk about. We'd love to hear from you. Next week, we will be unveiling some limited edition first run slow ride podcast t-shirts each of us has coordinated with a wonderful local artist to get a design um, and produce some shirts these shirts are going to be available to you on pre-order but then also we will have a limited supply that the funds will allow to uh to order some additionals, but we would love to get some pre-orders. So you're going to make sure to check that out next week when we talk about it a little bit more. But these local artists have been fantastic. Um, some yeah. of the work that we are seeing is gangbusters. I have to admit, mine's the best. Um, naturally, it would go uh, with being the Everesting champion. Quick, quick, quick question about that, um, which, you know, not to put an asterisk on your Everesting championship or or your T-shirt, but where, um, how, where, how local is your artist? Well, I thought I would give a handout to the wonderful city of St. Louis um, here. Your favorite city. I figure that I've talked for over 300 episodes. I've talked about my my love and hate for um, St. Louis, that love. it was only appropriate uh-huh. that I... Uh, Got an artist. No, I, I thought that was. I thought that really came full circle and showed some, again, some strangely some maturity there uh, from the super rookies. So. Growth. Yeah. So I'm excited to unveil those next week. But yeah, feel free to hit us up on email and whatever. Um, little guy, there is a little yes. bit of contention going on in the pro peloton with, I like. Are we fans of Tommy D on the podcast and his love of ketones? You talking about Tom Danielson or Tom Dumoulin? Oh, sorry, I get it mixed up. Tom, Tom yeah, Dumoulin. Me too. Uh, Dumoulin. Um, I mean, I'm not surprised he's on the ketones because that whole team's on the ketones. The yellow lotto is all about the magic elixir. Yeah. So now he is leaving. What is he leaving exactly? He was in that. Was it the MPCA or whatever the Movement for Credible Cycling or something? I don't know what it stands for. Anyway, basically, they have stricter rules. Now he can have a low cortisone level and not get kicked out of the vault of like Horner. Uh, I guess he can probably Mm. wear shorter socks now if he wants. Like Horner. And and like (laughs) Horner. And he can Uh do ketones. I just like that he made it out. He made a deal about Perry Nice being, oh, I can't believe that farce that they let him race for Perry Nice and they didn't say anything. And then sort of slipped in. By the way, my whole team uses ketones. So I got, what am I going to do? (laughs) <laughs> it was uh it was very slick the way that he did that yeah, yeah yeah it was slick i mean maybe that's why he chose them because sunweb wouldn't let him take the ketones and he knew that was the missing component at this point since it's starting to seem like all the top gc guys are doing ketones at least yeah you know from what we know i mean some teams have been denying it but i don't buy that for a second i guess so. is ketone is that like beet juice no it's it's uh, I don't know how to explain. Go listen to one of the Life in the Pelotons where uh, Adam Hansen comes on and talks to Mitch Docker about about going into ketosis the natural way, and maybe it'll make more sense. I can't explain. It. <laughs> uh, I made. Um, I actually baked uh, some chocolate chip cookies tonight, and that they're smaller than normal. Um, like 
you know, little, just the little mini guys. And I don't know if you know, but when they're small, they don't have as many calories. Um, <laughs> okay. This is kind of the same thing, right? Um, yeah, sort of the same so, thing. It's like, <laughs> it's like microdosing. Yep. So I've got, uh, yeah, I've got these little cookies and they're cal- there's no cows in those because they're all in the big cookie. Ah, you know, it, you. in all serious, years ago, I dumpstered some, like, 15 plus years ago, we dumpstered these cookies and they were called, I don't remember what they're called, but they were like gluten-free, sugar-free. Uh, I mean, they had nothing in them. They, <laughs> they no wonder so why they were in the they, dumpster. No, oh, I <laughs> totally sure know why. they weren't rice cakes? <laughs> they listed so many things on the cover of why, what they didn't have in them, but it definitely <laughs> made you go, well, what is it? And you turn it around and I don't even remember what it was. They were, by all accounts, <laughs> terrible. But also uh-huh. strangely amazing. And I ate so many of them, but I felt so – this is when we were first starting to race. We were probably fours at this point, but I was still already like, I got to win. I got to win. I was very confident in that I could eat a million of these cookies because <laughs> they, they had like no calories. Uh, they had uh-huh. nothing. You got no energy benefit from them, um, but you know, you just – you put something in your mouth. You definitely got thirsty. Did we <laughs> – have we ever talked about dumpster finds yeah. on the podcast in the 300 episodes of what we've found in dumpsters behind bike shops? Um, oh, I mean, I feel like little guy must have. I must. I mean, my you guys know the kit I wore for the first at least two until uh-huh. we started a team. My main racing kit was a white jersey with pink like yep. lines on the side. That jersey was dumpstered. Was that dumpstered a, after a bike swap? <laughs> like someone brought that. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> no one I, wanted oh, that one didn't sell <laughs> i legitimately don't remember where that came from but i did have a pair of castelli bibs that were dumpstered from the world cycling productions so, so the world cycling productions dumpster was like two miles away from my parents house so i definitely took some things out of that dumpster i found some tires um mm. i found some horrible orbea bibs the blue and orange orbea bibs that were double extra uh-huh. large but i made them work um yep. I, I'm trying to think, like, I never got a frame out of a dumpster, you know, like... No, I got I did, a lot of tires, too. I did find the t- the Terra Knot frame in an alley, but it wasn't in the dumpster, and I just think someone was leaving it out there for a scrapper to come by, and, and I took that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I've had more of those things. But bike shops, you can still pull a decent tire out of a bike shop dumpster. Little guy, uh, you still got those carbon handlebars hanging up in your basement from the dumpster behind I do. Flanders that yeah, you don't some, trust? Some EC90s. I got some, uh, like, I mean, 2004 or five uh-huh. uh, EC90s. I do. I will tell you the reason I keep them, and I've never put them on a bike, because even from then I was so afraid of them. Like, why are they uh-huh. be here? Um, my plan is to eventually cut them and build a tone arm out of them. But I haven't okay. gone down that nerdy ass road yet. So I thought you were keeping them as a learning experience for um, Tom Boone and Tom <laughs> Boone and be like, look, son, you can find good stuff in the bike shop dumpster. Oh, no. Like I these mean, EC90s. I, I got plenty of other stuff around. I mean, he loves he loves biking down alleys. Well, and so, I think it's because we occasionally do find something weird and grab it. So, and so you have Tom Boone, and, Tom, Boone, Tom Boone and Tom Boone and on a Strider, right? Uh, yeah. Well, technically he has a womb brand. Okay. Womb. okay. Uh, Without pedals. This isn't like a box of Kleenex. Yes. No pedals. Okay. Yeah. Did you see the picture from Mark Cavendish's Instagram the other day? I did. Yeah. With his kid. His yeah. kid has dropped bars on his strider. I'm instantly <laughs> oh. jealous. My kid will now be getting drop bars on his strider. 
Little guy, you have EC90 bars you could put on Tom Boone and Tom Boone and Strider. They're so wide. They're so that's wide. that would make it even more amazing. I need this. Yeah, elbows I out. need this on the yeah, next Slow Ride out. Podcast Instagram page. You have until the end of the week to get it done. Check to check out at the Slow Ride Pod. <laughs> We're gonna have Tom Boone and Tom Boonin's Strider mm-hmm. on there. Well, with the okay, drop so bars. what I really will have probably I probably won't do that. As much cool as that is, I will <laughs> have you guys know our friend, Big Matt, who was our Schwamigan mechanic. He pulled... Mm-hmm. A good one for pulled, you, apparently. <laughs> well, he didn't really actually do any mechanicing for us, but he pulled some stuff out of the dumpster where he works. Somebody was throwing away some bike stuff. He pulled it out the other night and brought it over to me. It's a good, weird assortment. We got uh, some kind of what looked like broken XTR 8-speed shifters, a Rapid Rise mm-hmm. XTR rear derailleur that I'm pretty sure is going to work. Okay. The bottom cup and bearing of a Chris King headset, red, just the bottom cup. Hmm. Don't ask me why. I have no idea. And a pair okay. of red race face handlebars, uh, flat bars. And this is the best part. They are about an inch wider on each side than my stupid, super narrow mountain bike bars ah. that have been bugging me. So these, I'm definitely going to make some time this week to get those bad boys on there. I'm going to go and those, shred them those- until they break. Those stupid narrow bars are also anodized red. They they are also anodized red. Yeah. Spencer (laughs) knows. My mountain bike, unfortunately, doesn't have as much red anymore. When I I got my Klein, it had a Uh red KUKA stem that was like 130 millimeters, had red (laughs) azonic bars. It had uh, red front and rear ringlet hubs, the front with matching red ringlet rims. The front wheel got stolen. I eventually realized that I had to at least change out that huge KUKA stem if I wanted to try to get top 10 at Buck Hill. I was there when that wheel got stolen. That was such a bummer. That I probably told this, but that the bike had literally been broken for a year. I put it together as a single speed. Spencer was in town. I rode over, ate with Spencer, and then Spencer was like, ah, let's go to hard times. I'm like, sweet. I ride across town. I'm having so much fun on my bike being back. I'm like jumping off curbs. I'm like, oh, I love my mountain bike. Go get a cookie. Come out. My wheel's gone. <laughs> and did Spencer like, go to the bathroom at that time? I mean, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Spencer had always had his eye on that wheel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is a 26-inch uh, 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 rim brake front mountain bike wheel. What more could you ask for? So more could he need? You guys talking about all these anodized parts brings it back to my Panasonic track bike I talked about last week on eBay Watch Corner. Did you Um, you pull you win? No. He turned down my offer of $290 or they uh, um, and my offer of $300 and I have stopped making offers. It is still listed (gasps) at $350 plus $65 shipping. That is $410. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of shipping. And I don't, it's a lot for shipping for just a frame coming from Maryland. So I need advice, boys. 333 final offer. He was originally at like 365 or something and he's come down to 350. 350. So he's dropped $15. And, but he would not go as low as 300. So there's a $50 range here that we don't know where his magic number is. I don't he so he's in Maryland or they're in Maryland, sorry. So there's no velodrome anywhere close by. So going with little guys like $333 estimate then you could like put a little note in there like uh ready for my flying two time you know like i don't know if that's gonna translate my guess is that this is some old bike messenger or it's an njs collector that is like man i spent 800 dollars on this frame back in 2006 i need to get some money back this is my kid's retirement 
Just yeah. say three seventy five with shipping. That's what you need to do is you need to calculate it in your shipping cost and be like, make another offer and be like, look, with the shipping that high, I need this is this is my max budget, three seventy five. So my offer needs to be three ten. Yeah. You know? I'll do that. I'll like, do that right now. Sorry, I can't do any more. Like, love the bike, used to have one, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, get him in his sentimentals, but then give him a reason why you're lowballing him. And yeah. he's going to be like, nobody else has any interest in this bike whatsoever. Am I going to really turn this down over 40 bucks? You know? He's not. Yeah. Be like, I, my son, who's just born, I just really want to get a track bike for him when he's older, and I want it to be the same bike I used to ride. The Mean Streets, Minneapolis. All right. Offer is submitted for 310. <laughs> Will we be as wise as when we sold your Versa? Well, you know, well, did I tell you guys we were trying to find a, a mother-in-law car and there were some verses that came up in the conversation and all I had to do was say, well, does it say you versus the world? And I was told, <laughs> no, that's not what the listing said. And I said, well, then no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> then they're not trying hard enough. They don't want my business. <laughs> There's obviously no chance. I do want to say that if if people do need help um, buying or selling their bike on um, Craigslist, hit us up. Send us an email. We, we would love to come up with something. Um, I did get oh, yeah. a text message. They need to be emails into the slowridepodcast at gmail.com. And we would absolutely love to help you list your bike for um, mm-hmm. sale on eBay. And with that, gentlemen, I think it's time to bring a little bit of this 299th episode to a close. But before we do that, we need to check in with the good friends at Gross Point Crank. Little guy, where are we in this show? Well, two weeks ago, LBS went and saw his his old long-lost love, Trek, Cyrus, and, and just said hi. And and how many more episodes of this wonderful <laughs> show do we have? Oh, uh, I can I can hear the excitement in your voice. Um, we we have this one, and then we'll probably have a short one for maybe on the three hundred first show, 300 just to first. wrap it all up. Yeah, I'm not. We're not gonna do it next week. I gotta I gotta well, have two weeks to get in the writing room and really <laughs> hash this out. Okay. And um, also, I got a lot of sound effects to make. Well, and the amount of emails we've gotten wondering where the continuation of Gross Point Crank has been. Zero. Has been telling. (laughs) So here we are. Let's get back to the third episode of Gross Point Crank. Honza, he's still out riding? Any, any already won the Slow Ride Podcast Everesting Challenge? How, how can that be? He's supposed to be behind bars. And so it looks like he's in Florida. They don't have any hills. I better call Cleet at the shop and see if he knows anything. This is Cleet. How can I help you? Cleet, old pal, nice try at the Eversting. Not surprised. Hey, boss, wh- where did you go? You haven't been at work for weeks. I'm on a special assignment, Cleet. Look, have you, have you heard anything about Anza? I've just seen Estrava, and it seems shady as hell. Florida? How can that be true? You looking into this? I will, Cleet. I will. But first, I have to settle a few things. I'll be back in the shop in a day or two, Max. Well, hurry back, boss. It's It's been busy. I haven't had time to read these about these new Campy Ergo shifters that are coming out soon. Okay, Cleet. 
Hey, LBS, what are you doing staring at your phone? Strava? Nobody rides outside anymore. The future is inside, buddy. Be cool. Be cool? Yeah, be cool, man. Not Zwift? Of course, Zwift. What are you talking about? Uh, nothing. Uh, why are you still here? Business. Look, I'm, I'm looking to make an offer to a local shop, but seriously, I'd rather make that offer to you. Plus, word on the street is this shop might be on the way out anyway. Seems they've been selling too many rotor rings and those biopace people are getting angry. Oh, uh, you know them too? Oh, I know them. I know you always look up to me. Performance, you know? But what with my margins and in-house brands? So I hate to tell you this, but who do you think forced discs and electronic shifting on us? Shimano? Come on. It's the toe clips, man. You're crazy, Performance. Ah, the hell with you, LBS. Don't bump off any small shops until I've had a chance to buy some of their backstock, okay? What? How'd, how'd you know about that? You think those TC bears are the only ones with ears on the ground? Check your base layer, LBS. Think you'll find I know plenty. Dang. Well, no more of this. I'm, I'm changing out these toe clips for power grips. Taking off this base layer right now. You'll never be able to get back any of those Strava KOMs or get back Cirrus back without that base layer, LBS. It both cools and keeps you warm by wicking sweat away from your skin. Spare me the copy performance. But you might be right about wicking and cooling properties. I'll need a new base layer, plus I'm on a vacation of sorts, and I got somebody else to help me put these power grips on. Hey, uh, hey Bing, where's the nearest bike shop? The nearest bike shop is Roubaix, located one block north on Main Street. Oh, no. This is the shop I'm supposed to close? Hi, can I help you? Oh, it's you again, LBS. Hi, Cirrus. Uh, you working here? You were just uh, slinging sandwiches a minute ago. Shift change. Only fixies allowed at night. Plus, I need a little extra cash, so I started working here when they changed the name from Chrome Pista to Roubaix after Bianchi sued. Uh, if they didn't want to keep getting sued, why did they choose Roubaix? What's wrong with the name? Well, nothing. It's it's great. I I just think... and n- Never mind. Can you take these toe clips off for me? Uh, scrap them and put these power grips on, please. I, I, I also need a new base layer. You really don't want these toe clips, LBS? We just got a huge order of these the other day. Gold-plated and everything. Did you say gold-plated? Yeah, seemed a little bling to me. It's not 1990 anymore, but... Where are they? The toe clips over there on that rack. Plus probably a hundred more in back. Serious? These toe clips are not what you think they are. We have to get out of here right now. They're just toe clips, LBS. Don't freak out. They are zombie gold-plated toe clips. ICS has been dead for years. Listen to them. What are we going to do now? We're going to have to fight our way out. Oh, guys, that was absolutely fantastic. Loved every moment of it. Oh. Can't wait to continue the show on episode 301 to see yeah. what happens. Tim, I, you nailed it this time. Nailed it. Oh, thank you. I think my, my voice work continues to get better. 
it's a revelation every every time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, boys, once again, this is your 2020 SRP Everesting champion, Tim in Orlando, we, Florida. We need to we need to deal with this little guy. Um, yeah. how are we gonna get him DQ'd from this Everest? Because this is not gonna stand. Um there's multiple <laughs> angles, I think. Uh, and I'm just thinking which which one are you most in tune with? Um, I mean, he did, he did have the faulty computer yep. issue, uh, the re-upload of a ride that got him more elevation. That was very uh, sketchy. And then that was very sketchy. He did additionally swap computers mid, uh, Eversting challenge, which is very strange. Oh, love the garment. It's sketchy. fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the admission earlier on this podcast, that he was getting lots of outside help, outside assistance, which... I don't know. I didn't get any outside help, little guy. Did yeah. you get any outside help? Nobody nobody texted huh. me while I was doing it to motivate me. Yeah, that's oh. that's strange. Little guy, um, did you start and end using the same equipment that you uh <laughs> that you you know? Started? I did. He, he, hasn't, he hasn't finished yet, so of course you know. I, I sure did. Um Wait, you didn't start in the same equipment. There's holes in this story. No, it's same cycle, like distance, elevation, measuring oh, equipment. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I use the same you, you, phone. You can ride a cargo bike and a road bike, yeah. like whatever. Yes, but. yes, yes, yes. I use the same yeah, measuring so, device throughout, yes. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm thinking there's a couple of red flags <laughs> here uh, that could disqualify Tim entirely from this. Um, I think we did it. Which would then put the race back on the table. I think we need it. Because neither of us have concluded yet. <laughs> I think we need um, we need an in-depth investigation of this, like a uh, our own version of Serial. Uh-huh. Now, the, the other alternate theory that I have is we may have a little bit of a Pete Rose situation going on here where he's betting on himself, played down how, how much he was going to crush us by, and then went and performed, you know, like he had a little insider knowledge and that could yeah. also well, I, very easily, I mean, if we got the SEC involved, I think, <laughs> I think we could well, send him away. I, I get this, it. Uh, they stricken, can't even deal with real criminals. I, I think as our friends of the pod in England would say, the proof is in the pudding, boys. I destroyed both of you at Schwamigan. It was only natural that I was going to beat you both at the SRP Everesting so, Challenge. I guess, I guess I'm glad you brought up Schwamigan because- that one sure does have an asterisk on it, and I think I think this one does too. And oh, much like the <laughs> conclusion of Schwamigan, where we can't really say who won and who lost, this Everesting Challenge is going to end up the same way, where we, we can't honestly just <laughs> say who won and who didn't. We're gonna eventually have to do like a like a two lap sprint on the track or something, just so it's very <laughs> obvious. Like people can see us each the whole time, yeah. And, and there can be there can be officials there, and there can be no <laughs> funny business, you know. <laughs> well, all right, okay, yes, but I don't. Yeah, I'm with you, Spencer. I thought you would be. Well, why don't you why don't you take it from there, little guy? Show us out. Um, this is Matt in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Boston, already on the phone with the SEC (laughs) and reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road riding solo. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod.
Dear Cycling Friends, we accept the fact that we have created the premier gravel and road racing podcast. And we don't think you're crazy to ask us who we think we are. You see us as you want to see us, in the simplest terms, in the most convenient definitions. But what we found out is that each one of us is a hobby blogger, a gravel pro, and a curious newbie. And you can find us on the Wide Angle Podium Network. Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours, the Grodio Podcast.